1: WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Welcome
2: back to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Mailbag. Today we are here with Davis Maddock, the great Davis Maddock, who's going to give you all of the insight into how to win those Week Seven fantasy football matchups. I'm your host Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at RandallRant. Davis is on Twitter at Davis Maddock. We have had him on the Rotoviz Mailbag before. He does an excellent job. He covers everything seasonal. Dynasty, DFS, and he's dropped by the mailbag for a few minutes here to give us some insight into week seven. We are almost, almost past the the one-third point of the season, but almost at the halfway point. Mr. Maddock, welcome into the mailbag. How are you doing?
1: Hey, I'm doing I'm doing great. You know, we are heading into the uh the bye NATO. Probably probably <laughs> the worst. Uh it's it's gotta be the worst week of buys I can ever remember in in fantasy football history, just the way that they got all lumped up here but uh you know we are we are going to persevere we're sticking through it
2: yeah you know and it's interesting you have those buys coming up this week and then you have some odd scheduling changes where like teams will play back to back in consecutive weeks uh so some odd things coming up here with the schedule but I want to start with you sir I mean you've been killing it for years Smallcast, Takecast, Sports Grid. Tell us all the great things you're doing, how the year's been going on so far. It's great, Davis, to have a regular year after struggling through the COVID challenges the last year.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they can uh, listen to the Sports Grid, fantasy football podcast. That's every day during the week. They can listen to the Takecast. That is once a week, normally comes out on Wednesdays. And then they can head on over to dailyrota.com and uh, get the projections and the optimizers there.
2: Excellent. And let's just dive right into it here. Given what has happened in the last couple of weeks with injuries to running backs, Christian McCaffrey was banged up. Then he comes back. He said he's going to return. Now he's on IR. Nick Chubb was out. Kareem Hunt now out. Was zero RB the right seasonal strategy yet again?
1: Yeah. You know, of of course it was. And we have uh, the the, we have the, you know, the, the mid round wide receivers absolutely crushing, like always, you know, Cooper Cup, third, fourth round. Uh, Debo Samuel, fourth, fifth round. Uh, Jamar Chase, fifth, sixth round. Depending on when you're drafting, like it was just. Uh, I mean, I I was even more of a more of a hero RB guy, where I was taking running backs in the first round a lot. You know, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, uh, even even you know your Jonathan Taylor's and your Saquon Barkley's, and that to me is actually what looks like really the only viable fantasy strategy. Uh, now, of course, you know, there were ways you could be stringing it together, right? You know, we've had Peyton Barber's pop up and Ramondre Stevenson's and Kenyon Drake's and like there have been, uh, you know, we're going to have Dearness Johnson and Demetric Felton this week as <laughs> options. But I do think the optimal way to draft your teams at this stage is one running back in the first two rounds and then just pound wide receivers for like eight rounds after that.
2: I was in a seasonal league where I had the first overall pick. Obviously, I took McCaffrey, PPR, no shock there. And my plan was to go hero RB. And when I came back to the wraparound, I saw Antonio Gibson sitting there. And I felt like, Davis, in this draft, this was a critical juncture. I could sense it as the clock was counting down. Do I stick with my plan or do I grab a running back who I think is going to have a big year? That leads us into my next question of panic, no panic. Antonio Gibson, what are your thoughts on him rest of the season? Because certainly he hasn't gotten off to a great start. And this every other week, J.D. McKissick RB1 is causing just enough trouble here that I think people are starting to worry. Let's do panic, no panic. Start off with Antonio Gibson.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, you you got to be you got to be panicked on him because the, the third down roll is just not going to happen. Well, J.D. McKissick is on the roster. Maybe it will happen next week. Uh, or, or next season rather, but it's not going to happen. You know, it's just not going to happen right now. And that is, um, that is the, that is the way that it goes. I, it, and, and also another assumption people were making was that Washington was going to be good and they're not, they're terrible. So Mm -hmm. if you, if you are mostly a two down back on a terrible team, uh, it doesn't mean that he's never going to get there. You know that he'll never have good games because he is so talented and he was able to do it on a bad team last year, but he is he is not gonna pay off his draft costs at all.
2: Next up in Pittsburgh, you know, we all joke about Ben Roethlisberger, but he still has a ton of weapons. And Chase Claypool has not gotten it off to the start anywhere near his efficiency from last year. Some of that is Najee Harris, who's taking a lot of looks near the goal line, but now he's still struggling. Juju is out. You would think that he would be able to come on here, but so far it has not been a great year for Chase Claypool. His season, wide receiver 61, wide receiver 50, wide receiver 16, wide receiver 12 last week, uh, or against Denver rather. This week wasn't great as well. Panic, no panic, Chase Claypool.
1: I mean, I'm a little panicked just from because Ben actually looks even worse than I thought. Yes, but it it should probably even out. You know, I I believe Pat Fryermuth had seven targets last week. My my guess would be that Claypool is going to earn a larger target share than you know Eric Ebron and Pat Fryermuth and stuff like that moving forward. But maybe not. But I I mean, Claypool is probably going to end up being a semi draft bust just because there's not going to be that many passing touchdowns available in this offense, even with juju injured because juju injured uh it actually kind of it hurts their offense as a whole right because he is a good stick mover
2: next keenan allen the great paradox that is keenan allen coming into this week davis keenan allen was third in targets 53 first in red zone targets 10 yet 20th in fantasy points per game with mike williams development even in a high passing offense panic no panic keenan allen
1: no, no. I mean, the the thing with Keenan is he probably is, he's unlikely in general to be uh, a touchdown producer because he's never really been a touchdown producer, but he, he will get, you know, his uh, 95 receptions, 1100 yards, six touchdowns, and he'll basically be uh, the guy that you drafted. You know, he'll, he'll end up being fine. I think, especially because Herbert, you know, looks so good.
2: And last one, If you took Darren Waller early, you were taking him because you expected elite tight end production. He's been okay overall tight end six, but got off to a flying start with that great opening first game against Baltimore where he had 19 targets, 10 receptions, overall tight end two. But last few weeks has not been great. You can't afford to continue to have mediocre performances from a player that in traditional leagues you just start one of at the tight end position. Darren Waller, panic, no panic.
1: Not panicked moving forward, but I am, like, very annoyed by the results that he's gotten, (laughs) right? So Because he he only has, like, the one week with the target explosion. And I I can't make any sense of what the Raiders are ever doing, like, wider rugs and and Waller not getting, you know, 20 combined targets every single week. It feels like it's kind of like a Derek Carr thing. Like he would do this with Amari, where Amari would just go the like three game stretches where he saw like eleven combined targets. But I, I'm not panicked about Waller. I mean, it feels like you know the the snaps are still there, the routes are still there, so eventually the targets are going to get there.
2: I love when the guest names the podcast Darren Waller annoyance. Davis, very well done. Let's take a look at the Thursday night game. We're recording this on Tuesday. Really interesting matchup between Denver and Cleveland. Baker is getting a second opinion on his injury, which is never good. I feel like it means that they don't like the first opinion. Hunt is out. Chubb is trending to come back. Odell Beckham has not been effective. On the other side, Denver, after getting off to a flying start, has struggled here. I don't know if Jerry Judy is back. I don't know if he's coming back this week or possibly next week. But they also are going in the wrong direction here. Denver at Cleveland, a compelling matchup. How do you see this on Thursday night football?
1: Well, so the the most recent thing that I read is that Baker Mayfield is maybe considering uh, taking some time off because of his shoulder injury. So if if we get into Thursday night and it's uh, the the Cleveland Browns with I. I would is Case Keenum still their backup quarterback? I think Honest. it is, yeah.
2: yes. I think yeah. it yeah, yeah. So
1: so honestly, that is really that's actually not the worst, right? Case Keenum coming in as your backup quarterback is uh yeah, it is Case Keenum. So that's not the worst, but I, I just think that's gonna be an awful game. Uh Jerry Judy is is not expected to be back for that game. Nick Chubb not gonna play in this game. Kareem Hunt not gonna play in this game. I mean, I think that we just get both teams probably trying to give at least 15 carries to, you know. I think we see Demetric Felton get his first running back snaps in the NFL. I think we see lots of Melvin Gordon, lots of Javante Williams. This is kind of your your classic, uh, you don't have to watch it on Thursday night game.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: So you've mentioned a lot of the waiver pickups that people are going to set tonight. Obviously, this will drop uh, on Thursday. Who do you think? that people should be excited about if they can get off the waiver wire. You know, it's thinning out a little bit Davis, but there still is opportunity, especially at the running back position. The one I'll mention here is Kenyon Drake. I feel with the coaching change with Gruden out, I felt like he was completely underutilized and maybe have some hope if people wanted to add him as a flex running back moving forward, but who are some running backs or or players in general that you think the week seven waiver wire, they should have paid attention to and picked up.
1: So, I think that it is interesting to see what happens with this Browns backfield because you know Demetric Felton would be if they if they played him in the Kareem hunt role he would be he would be pretty valuable mm-hmm. right uh, or you know Darius Johnson if they played him on third downs despite the fact that guys I think he ran a four point eight six forty you're right though it is it is just really it is just really thinning out on the waiver wire like uh, and and especially this week the waiver wire. Uh, is going to be absolutely full. Like, you are you are really going to have to be competing against people this week on the waiver wire because of all of the buys. I guess I would say, you know, Rashad Bateman is out there still, you know, probably in most competitive leagues he is owned, but I would be interested in Bateman. I'd be interested in Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, but yeah, you, you're right, though. It is really, it's like great. Well, I can't even believe I'm saying this. Devonta Freeman... To me, looked like the wow. best of the Ravens running backs last week. Yep. He looked better mm-hmm. than Le'Veon. He looked better than Latavius. You know, I look. We saw Mark Ingram basically post a, a fantasy MVP season at the same at, at an older age, actually, than Devonta Freeman is. And it's not like anyone. It's not like Mark Ingram was a spectacularly talented player that year. So you know, you could probably do worse than Devonta Freeman, which I can't believe I'm saying.
2: We, I can't either, but it's very true. We used to have a question about salt or no salt on the margarita, but Eric Moody gave us some huge breakdown on why you have to have salt and the physics behind it. So we buried that question and moved on to favorite type of morning juice, cranberry, orange, grapefruit, or Sean Siegel's favorite, pineapple.
1: Uh, I am a, I am a, a grapefruit guy in general. I love grapefruit, but I don't. Use I don't I don't have anything with sugar in it until noon. Nothing 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 with any sugar or carbohydrates until until noon.
2: Which NFL team, Davis, right now is overvalued that you think the public is too high on that you think is going to have some trouble here over the next couple of weeks? I thought it was going to be Arizona against Cleveland, but they showed up big even without a lot of their coaches because of COVID. Do you have an overvalued NFL team right now?
1: Well, the Raiders are the Raiders are four and two. So they're definitely not a four and two team They're there. Yep. And I, I hate to, I hate to say this, but I think that we have gotten a little bit, um a little bit over our skis with the Los Angeles chargers as well. You know, I think wow. that okay. the, the offensive line is a, a problem. And basically before that Ravens game, people were talking about the chargers, like, Oh yeah, they're going to be the AFC team in the super bowl. Like they're better than the chiefs. They're better than the bills. They're better than the Ravens. And, if I was ranking them, I would have them as the fourth best team in the AFC.
2: Yeah, and you know, the Chiefs, everybody says this, they're struggling. I get that. They've played the Chargers, they've played the Browns, they've played the Ravens, they've played the Bills. That's not exactly the easiest run of teams here, so they're going to get some positive regression with their schedule. What about an undervalued team? Some of the sort of laying in the weeds here that you think are going to run.
1: Uh, So so this is a weird one, but I actually think the – um. I think it's, I think the Cowboys are undervalued. I think people are, wow. are, are so, so not like uh, if you were watching ESPN or Fox sports or whatever, they'd be talking about how, like, you know, they, 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 in a weird way, the mass media actually gets that one. Right. But in mm-hmm. our circles, right. So like, uh, you know, on, on Twitter and in the discords and everything, I think people are I rightly think that the Rams and the Buccaneers are the two best teams, the NFC, and they are, but the Cowboys could totally beat either of those teams on the road or at home or on a neutral field. Like the, their defense is way better than anticipated. And they, they have the best offense in the NFL. They're best at yards per play. They have a very good offensive line. They can run the ball They're They have this hyper-efficient passing offense, despite the fact that Michael Gallup has played like 34 snaps on the year. Mm-hmm. He's going to come back. I, I definitely think people are, are kind of sleeping on the Cowboys from a real football perspective.
2: Yeah, 5-1 with a two-point loss on the road at Tampa Bay with a field goal at the last second there. Week 1, otherwise, it'd be undefeated going into their bye this week. Dynasty question for you, Davis. What do we do with Saquon Barkley, and where would you put him versus Najee Harris, who is collecting... Just massive volume in this Pittsburgh offense. I mean, sure, their offensive line has struggled and he may not have been efficient to start the year, but he is just so invaluable in that offensive attack. He's trusted by Ben. Ben is not mobile, just killing it across the board. So I'm curious, Najee versus Saquon as a dynasty ranking, and what do you think people should do with Saquon moving forward?
1: Um. They should trade him, right? Well, it it depends on like if you have a good team, if your team is ready to compete this year, I actually think you could maybe even view Saquon as kind of like a a buy. Like, look, if I have a team that's ready to compete this year and I'm struggling at running back, maybe I trade a first for for Saquon, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, maybe a kind of a bad first and a a uh, Michael Pittman tier wide receiver or something oh, like that. That that mm-hmm. sounds fair, but I would definitely rather have Najee, like a hundred percent. I would rather have. Uh, Najee. And, and their problems are really similar. Neither of them have a quarterback. We don't really know who's going to be the quarterback of the Giants next year. We don't know who's going to be the quarterback of the Steelers. Uh, Saquon has these terrible coaches, and he has much more of an injury history than Najee does at this point as well.
2: What do you, and with Najee, with, you, with running backs, because of course we're all on the fact that the running back shelf life is short. When would you look, assuming that Najee continues on the path that he's on, in Dynasty, when would you look to trade him? Is there like a certain year or time period in which you say, you know, we've had a good run here now because of the running back fragility and what the way the NFL is right now? Maybe I would look to trade. Do you have a shelf life on running backs like him, or do you just say, look, he's a he's a rookie, he's killing it, I'll keep him until I start seeing signs of decay?
1: Um, I would keep him as long as I had a competitive team that could use his points okay. is kind of, it's kind of yeah. how I think of it. So like if I just took Najee and, and, and I, most of the leagues I play in are like super flex. Yep. So Najee was kind of like the one Oh five, one Oh six or a lot of times mm-hmm. he would go after pits. Uh, he would go after chase and he would go after Lance fields, Lawrence. So there's like a pretty good chance if you were taking him at the one Oh six or whatever, you had a good team and you added Najee to a, a decent team. Um, you know, and, and your, you, his points are counting for your lineup every single week. Like, yeah, just just run with him at at this point and reevaluate things in the future. But he's not the type of guy I'd be looking to move off of.
2: Great question I got here on Twitter. It's harder than people think. Davis, who's the number one dynasty wide receiver right now? Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, Jamar Chase, is it still Devontae? Where are you going? Number one dynasty wide receiver.
1: Uh, my, my head answer is Jamar Chase has got to be the number one. My, my heart answer is that CD has got to be the number one. And I, mm-hmm. I, the reason why you can justify it is, um, you know, all due respect to Joe Burrow, but CD has the better situation. He's got the better offensive coordinator, better quarterback, better offensive line, better organization as a whole. It's not going to surprise anyone to see the Bengals, you know, kind of mess up this, this great young core that, uh, that they have. So, so I, I, to me, it's a total coin flip between those two. I think if AJ Brown has uh, eight receptions, 180 yards, and two touchdowns against the Kansas City Chiefs, um, I think that everyone will forgot will forget you know the last four weeks and be like, yeah, AJ Brown dynasty wide receiver one. I also think Metcalf deserves to be in the conversation if we expect Russell Wilson to be back with the Seahawks.
2: I had a phenomenally timed tweet on Sunday basically saying where is cd lamb in this offense right before he literally davis two minutes before he scores the touchdown and then he goes bonkers in the fourth quarter so it was uh put all over old takes exposed but hey if i can help out people who have cd lamb on their other teams so be it i have no problem with that is james robinson this year's james robinson
1: um No, because he got pretty expensive at the end of draft season. Let's see here. 2021 running back scoring for fantasy. Uh, I I bet there is someone who is going to end up being, um, oh, no. Corderell Patterson is this year's James. Ah, Right. That's the guy. That's the guy who is uh, who is the answer. Also, Leonard Fournette kind of uh, kind of in in that vein as well. Uh, but, I mean, both of those guys are veterans, but both of them, you know, well outside the, the top 100, even even top 50, and are going to be, you know, fantasy MVPs.
2: 2021 is just a fantastic season when a first-round pick from eight years ago at the age of 30 can be this year's breakout running back when he was originally a wide receiver. That is just spectacular. Yeah. S- San Francisco confusion. I keep bringing this up because, as per Warren Sharp's preview, The 49ers have a fantastic end-of-season schedule. He identified it in the summer. We've talked about it on this mailbag several times. But I just think there's general confusion on where the fantasy value is. Everyone wants Trey Lance, especially from a fantasy perspective. But I think they're sticking with Jimmy G. I don't think Lance has enough experience nor comfortability in the offense for them to make a playoff push, which is what they think can happen, whether it can or not. The, the, who is the starting running back for them rest of season? Is it Jeff Wilson who will come off of IR soon? Kittle, Olaju, Debo's yak. Let's just go one by one. First off, quarterback, Jimmy G versus Lance. Is it Jimmy G's team rest of season?
1: No. I mean, maybe they will try to get back to him, but I also think that they're going to get pushed in a direction they don't want to go because the Cardinals are so good and the Rams mm-hmm. are so good. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I think that uh, the idea that they were going to kind of coast to like an eleven win season and make it as the second wild card they're, they are that's not going to work out for them they're going to have to do better than that I and mean, and probably it's actually going to end up happening that they are uh, they're just not going to end up being that good and so I think that moves the the, the Lance timeline ahead you know if, if they're uh, if they're a five hundred team. I mean, you gotta get, you gotta get Lance some live reps. The big problem with Lance is that he, you know, he really, he, before that start against the Cardinals, he had not played a competitive game for 18 months and he's 22 years old. So you gotta play him. Um, so I, I think that Jimmy probably starts if he's healthy, but I don't know how much longer that lasts.
2: Who's the running back to own for those that are looking to target this backfield as we get Mitchell. to the fantasy it's, playoffs?
1: It's, it's, Mitchell. it's Mitchell. Wilson, Wilson, it's October 19th and I was just doing some Googling. Wilson has not even resumed running yet and Trey Sermon played one snap in that game against Cardinals. One it's it's clearly Elijah Mitchell is clearly the lead guy there in my opinion. Hasty, I also believe is about to be removed off of the short-term IR. And so if you've forgotten about him, he might actually be like a good little one dollar ad this week. Cause I think he'll probably play third downs.
2: George Kittle, we concerned yet?
1: I'm not concerned about like George Kittle's role or the routes or the targets or anything. What I am concerned about is that Regardless of who the quarterback is, whether it's Jimmy or whether it's Lance, they're just going to run so much that they might have they might they might average like twenty seven passing attempts per game, which is pretty bad for Kittle.
2: Brandon Ayuk. I mean, we had a lot of high expectations. He was a. Late, I remember in flex leagues last year, he was a late round pick, like a nine or ten round pick, and he had a great year. This year, struggled doghouse with Kyle Shanahan. Brandon Ayuk. Thoughts?
1: I hope that they figure it out during the bye. Like I hope whatever, um, you know, effort issues, discipline issues, whatever the 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 personal disagreements between Ayuk and and the coaching staff. Where I hope they got it worked out. But if we come back from the bye week and Trent Sherfield and Muhammad Sanu and and Juwan Jennings <laughs> are are earning snaps and targets over him, then I will be. I, I mean, I, I think he is borderline cuttable now but would definitely be cuttable if that happens after the bye week
2: my favorite question of the show think of a player that you flag planted on davis in the in the off season. and let's say the person that players had sort of a mediocre or poor start can you explain why it will continue so for example if you were wrong about a player what what is the path that you would continue to be wrong about
1: I mean, some of the some of the guys that I was wrongest about are the guys who are uh, absolutely crushing, which is Derrick Henry, who is like going to yeah, be, yeah, you same. know, the the MVP ap- among I mean, he is going to he is the best player in fantasy. Like by so far, it's it's not even close. You know, at this point, mm-hmm. he has he has 154 points at the running back position Austin Eckler is number two with 101. You know, it's, wow. it's, it, it, it wow. well, that's, so that's in standard. Um, in PPR, he has 170. Eckler has 128. No one else is, is even close. Leonard Fournette, also very similar. He has 97.16.3 per game. You know, I was, and, and basically he has both sent Rojo to the bench. Be, you know, remember, Rojo fumbles in week one. We never see him again, basically. Um, but he is also, been a huge part of the passing game and we thought that that was not going to happen we basically thought Giovanni Bernard was signed in Tampa Bay to be James White and really he's just playing the same kind of role that like LaShawn McCoy and Kenyon Barner and Keyshawn Vaughn did where he, ba- he basically just comes in to block he you know Giovanni Bernard had one good game but you know Len is going to play 65-70% of the snaps are running back for the Buccaneers
2: gotta love Lenny DFS play sir let's go around each position somebody here as we're looking at them early week 7 that you think can pop start a quarterback
1: uh Stafford to me he gets the he gets the uh, the revenge game as a double as revenge game, game. Yeah.
2: Jared Goff <laughs>
1: Yeah, double revenge game. So I, I think that, you know, a huge portion of the attention is going to obviously go Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, great spots, great spot for Lamar Jackson, uh, an underpriced Jalen Hurts on both FanDuel and DraftKings. But I, I think I, I, I think Stafford, I think they're just going to like McVeigh kind of cares about this stuff, like the narrative type stuff. Um, and so I, I think they just let Stafford go nuts against Detroit. I'm very
2: glad that Denver is on the Thursday slate, so I cannot continue to play Javante Williams waiting for his breakout in Denver. Do you have a running back here DFS play for us week seven?
1: Uh, yeah, sneaky-ish one. Chuba Hubbard has basically, he's not played the full Christian McCaffrey role, but they removed Rodney Smith from the active roster, even with Christian McCaffrey on the IR. So the last couple of weeks, Chuba Hubbard has played about 65 to 70% of the snaps. He has um 40 rushes the last two weeks, and he has nine targets the last two weeks, including a one-yard rushing touchdown. Those one yard rushing touchdowns are a huge part of uh what what gets us there in fantasy with these guys. So I think he will be underowned against, you know, just this awful, awful Giants team.
2: It's very hard to play, you know, that recency bias is strong in DFS players. It's very hard to take a leap for a wide receiver, which is a position where you often pay up when someone has not performed recently, i.e. Adam Thielen entering week six who killed it. Thoughts here on wide receiver for DFS week seven?
1: Yeah, and there are, there is no shortage of high-priced guys, right? I mean, we have Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, DeAndre Hopkins, DJ Moore, all of these guys in there. I am going to go with exactly what you said, though. I just, there's no way that I can pass up on some A.J. Brown at 6,300 at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. And I hope that he is not one of those sneaky plays that ends up becoming unsneaky. But I I really want to play A.J. Brown against the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: Yeah, first half I was uh, taking victory laps on my under five and a half receptions last night. Then Julio goes out injured and A.J. Brown goes bananas. So it looks like he's trending in the right direction. Final position, often the hardest one, tight
1: end. It's got to be, I mean, it's got to be Ricky Seals-Jones, right? Yes. Uh, R- Ricky yes. Seals-Jones, assuming that Logan Thomas doesn't come back. And then also, uh, Tommy Tremble played 51% of the snaps last week for the Carolina Panthers, running a ton of routes. You know, they, they basically have stopped targeting Terrace Marshall. And, I, and Darnold has also been awful, but if you're looking for a, a true punt, Tommy Tremble fits that, uh, that definition.
2: What was your favorite video game growing up?
1: Just it was Madden, right? Uh, the Madden Madden on the, the PlayStation One, PlayStation Two, and and uh the the uh, NCAA football games as well. I was never a uh like golden eye, you know, Call of Duty, Halo, never, never played Same. the first person Same. shooters. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Say with me, totally agree. Michael Thomas should be back here for New Orleans. What is he gonna do to that offense? And what can fantasy players expect from Thomas on his return here with Jameis Winston?
1: Yeah, I just don't think he's going to do anything. And I don't really think Jameis is going to do anything. You know, the, the New Orleans Saints, it, I, I think smartly have just decided that they are not really that interested in passing the ball. They are three and two. Um, they have an outside chance of making the playoffs. They will have to, uh, so, so one NFC West team is going to be a wild card team and maybe two, but it's kind of the, Saints, 49ers, Bears, Vikings all competing there and you know they're just really not that interested in in airing the football out cuz the way that they're playing right now is working. I think Jameis has more games uh it's it's like most of it's like 80% of his games they have under um, 22 passing attempts and they are dead last in the NFL in passing attempts with 120 um it's 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 crazy how little they've been passing the ball.
2: If you weren't working and could not work in anything sports related, what job would you have?
1: Hopefully, I've never really had to think about it. I, I probably <laughs> would just be a teacher. I, I, got a, I got a degree in English, so I'd probably just be a, a, a high school English teacher. Honestly, it's probably what my most likely job would have been.
2: Excellent. Absolutely. With some great projects related to fantasy, of course. Of course. I'm trying Davis to get Survivor, Fantasy Football, Survivor, or Fantasy Football Fear Factor going for our top guys like yourself. If you get on Fear Factor, what's the one thing that would cause you to say, "You know what, guys, I'm not doing this"?
1: Okay, what is the what were the cash prizes related with with fear? Like, how much money are we talking here?
2: I guess I'm gonna say we're talking five hundred thousand. How about that?
1: So like, I, I am definitely extremely financially motivated with those things. So like half a million, <laughs> half a million dollars, I'm, I'm down to, you know, like eat tarantulas or like, okay, okay, you know, great. whatever, but I am like, you know, everyone is, everyone is afraid of heights. You know, this is actually just true about humans. You cannot train the vertigo impulse out of humans. So like something like walking on a tightrope or, um, jumping out of an airplane, um, you know, uh, cliff diving. You know the cliff diving thing where they they put like the, the the like the wings on people and they literally will jump off of. I would not do any of those things. Like zero percent. I am super super afraid of heights.
2: Got it. I've had some interesting ones. People don't want snakes buried alive was one that we heard. Neil Dutton said he doesn't want to jump over things in a high spot because he has weak ankles. So that, again, that that fear of heights is yeah, real, 100%. I, any of
1: any of those I would do. Like I would do that Got for it. half a million dollars for sure.
2: A rest of season lightning round, uh, PPR leagues. Who do you want rest of season? First quarterback, Joe Burrow, who's starting to get it together here and clicking, or Aaron Rodgers, of course, with super efficiency in the connection with Devontae Adams?
1: Uh, Joe Burrow. Yeah, I think, I think it's more likely that Burrow passes more often than they stay super ground heavy.
2: Two guys that I really like here preseason, Javante Williams, Chase Edmonds. Edmonds has been vultured by Connor, and Javante can't get rid of the splinter that is Melvin Gordon. Who do you like rest of the season, Williams or Edmonds?
1: Uh, Edmonds, yeah. Edmonds, just very, very safe PPR value guy.
2: Two guys that have been disappointed at wide receiver. Tyler Lockett at a big week one has been struggling since... Or Calvin Ridley, who should have been killing it, the guy that I was definitely wrong on, and he has not yet. Lockett or Ridley, rest of season?
1: Ridley, Ridley, for sure. I mean, Lockett is going to be playing with Geno Smith, so not, not yes. great there.
2: <laughs> and last one, tight end. Noah Fant or Dallas Got It? I love Noah Fant, but Judy, of course, coming back at some point soon. Dallas Got It, now the path is clear with Zach Ertz in Arizona. Who do you like better?
1: Um, I definitely want no fan. uh that that one's not even i don't even think that one's close i i think dallas goddard is still not going to be that fantasy relevant even with Ertz out of town
2: davis awesome stuff as always man last question then we will get you out of here give me a bold take for the rest of the season something that people can sink their teeth into either they have the player maybe they can acquire them maybe they should dump them give me the davis matic bold prediction for the rest of the 2021 fantasy football season
1: Hollywood Brown finishes as a top 10 PPR wide receiver. Lamar Jackson on pace to have the, the most passing attempts he'll probably ever have in his career because their running backs are, you know, so, so terrible. And Hollywood right now is like setting the record for unrealized, uh, fantasy points at this time, but he has, uh 43 targets sammy Watkins already banged up five receiving touchdowns already for hollywood brown like don't don't look the gift horse in the mouth uh get get as much marquise brown as you can
2: yeah remember when people said lamar jackson can't pass that was very very cute folks davis matic swole cast take cast sports grid everywhere best ball dynasty ffpc one of the great fantasy football minds here on social media. Have to follow him on Twitter at DavisMatic. Always a pleasure, sir, to have you back on the mailbag. Thank you so much.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, really, really appreciate it. Always, always love to, to hop back on a good uh, RotoViz show.
2: Thank you for listening to RotoViz Radio. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes under the fantasy football mailbag, a RotoViz Radio feed. Contact us via email, rotavisradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at Rotaviz Radio and at Randall rant Make sure you tell a friend and don't forget to sign up for a 10% discount on our podcast homepage, rotavis.com forward slash podcast. It's a no brainer, folks. Thanks for tuning in.